This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. And the reason it's so informative is not so much because I know everything, because I don't, but we have 4,000 members of the Fresno Association of Realtors, and every week we get to bring somebody new in here and share that information with us. And so that is why it's the most informative real estate talk show. Um, and today we have with us Susan Britter of First American Home Warranty. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Don. How are you? Doing well. Thank you very much. And um, hey, it's um, interesting times out there, huh? Uh, that's say the least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> say the least. Now, Susan is, um, I'll give you a little uh, bio, and this is off the top of my head because everybody knows Susan very well because you've been doing this for four decades. Uh, hey, 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 not, oh, I, I'm not that old. Well, you started I very am not, young. I, I was 10. Yes, I was 10. No, almost 35 years. So oh. close. So close. Oh, man. I, I committed one of the cardinal sins of life. <laughs> yeah, you're a married man. You should know the rules by now, Don. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, and um, so anyway, let me move on to a different topic. <laughs> My point is that you know a lot about the real estate market and... Um, so we're not going to just talk home warranties, although we are, because one thing I've come to know about you, you you got a good grasp of this whole industry. Uh, it, why is that? Well, first of all, I'm interested in it. I work in it. It's, it's um, you know, part of my work to know what's, what's going on. But it, like I say, it's just interesting. It's forever changing. Uh, it's always intriguing. And of course, uh, look at today and COVID and how realtors are doing things differently today. And I, I, I've said this to a million people, so I'll say it to a million and one, you being the million and first, is that I give realtors so much credit for the ingenuity and just being resourceful. Um, it's, it's sort of like, we're gonna sell real estate. And if we can't do it through plan A, we're gonna try, we're gonna make up plan B, we're gonna try that. If that doesn't work, we're gonna keep going until we sell real estate. And I just um, commend the real estate community to say, this is really tough, but we are going, we are bound and determined to keep on going. And you've done it. It's phenomenal. And I have some statistics. You didn't even know I was going to do this. I did not. But you just set it up perfectly. The realtors are resilient and that they will figure out a way. And let me give you some numbers to show that it has. And this comes from the Fresno Multiple Listing Service. So... The first week of, of uh, the, the shelter in place, and our first week of really being impacted, there were 205 pendings reported. And a pending, I think, is a good short-term indicator because a pending, that means it went into escrow, is something that's happened within just a short one to three-day period of time typically, whereas a sold listing, or excuse me, a sold property might be 45 days in the making. So this was a really good indicator. So that first week was 205. And then remember, we were 
locked down. We thought it would only be two weeks. So the numbers went down, 176, 192. But listen where they're at now for the last month. This is on a weekly basis. Remember, they were in the 170, 190s. Now 276, 287, wow. Wow. 307, 294, and this past week, 302. Wow. So they, it's like when the governor said, okay, real estate is an essential service. You got to follow these guidelines. We adapted and uh, increased sales 33%. And I can't really say that we increased it 33% because it dropped 33% initially. Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, but look at the difference in those numbers though. And probably initially when you, you gave that first out of the first two weeks, people, if they really thought it was two weeks, thought, well, whatever we're doing, we could just hold off for two weeks, right? And so that's why you saw that drop. And then when you realize, uh, okay, this is not gonna be two weeks, we're gonna be in this for a while, and then everybody rallied. I wonder if I'm the only naive person who thought it would only be two weeks. Well. I think it was wishful thinking on all of our part. We're like, oh, no, next week it's going to be over. Week oh, after yeah. next it's going to be over. Yeah, we'll uh, flatten this curve in um, two weeks. Yeah, exactly. You know, you said something about um, real estate being uh, essential, and, and thank goodness for that because I know for a while a lot of the states in the United States, it, their governors did not consider it essential, and I believe it is considered essential now in all states except for one uh, do you have any idea? I, I heard it was just one state, like, I don't know. This is random. Connecticut mm. or New Jersey or something like that. I don't oh, remember. I believe it was Connecticut, I heard. Is, is it Connecticut? I think so. And I'm so. thinking, how, how could you have 49 states that considered essential, and but the governor in that one state said, nah, I don't think so. How, yeah. how well, okay. I'm trying to make sense out of a lot of that does, yeah. does not make sense. So. And I understand the word, you have to define the word essential. Yeah. You cannot compare us to the firefighters or the police. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. not that essential. Yeah. But what I'm finding out is people have to move uh, for what, yeah. I had somebody, I was telling them, why don't we wait a couple of weeks before putting it on the market? And they said, oh, okay. You know, and then they finally called up after a few days and said, we've thought about it. We need to move. We need to be on a new job in another state by June 15th. And we, yeah. so we put it on the market so, and used all these new guidelines. Yeah, I have always been the biggest proponent of not doing confirmed appointments. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But we did confirmed yeah. appointments yeah. Uh, and appointment only. And it, um, well, we got it done yeah. with plan B. Yeah, with Plan B. And you know what? You have to give some credit to Carr for that, right? Oh, yeah. California Association of Realtors. Talk about rallying. I mean, look how much work they did in a very short period of time to make sure that realtors could keep doing what they're doing. I mean, it was, I thought that was really impressive. Very oh, impressive. Oh, yeah. Carr being the California Association of Realtors worked with the governor's office, uh, a lot of our state legislators. They're the ones who, after two weeks, w- were able to make our industry considered essential with some safeguards yeah and then they've done a great job of of um, keeping us informed i had a realtor friend call me yesterday and he goes i understand car says we can't do an open house and i said hey don't shoot the messenger (laughs) that's the governor's office that's saying that 
It's just uh, CAR is the messenger. They're the ones giving you that information. Yeah. And uh, yeah. He, he backed down. He said, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Now, we must be getting to the point where we're feeling better because I'm going to give you some other statistics and let's see what you think about this, Susan. These are new listings. These are people that are choosing to put their home on the market at a time when we're sheltered in place mm -hmm. and we're, you know, uh, really restricted. But anyway, that first week, 241 new listings. Um, then it dropped to 214. But look at what it's done the last few weeks. 263, 275, 291. So even yeah. new listings are coming out. And yeah. Maybe it's the dam spilling over. Yeah. Have you um, uh, plotted that on a graph to see if it follows the normal real estate market as we go through spring and into summer to see if it's the curve looks the same, just maybe a little bit lesser numbers? Just curious about okay. that. Okay. You just gave me a project to do while I'm stuck oh. at home. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> Your wife told me, she called me at a time, do something to keep him busy, please, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure that uh, I'm driving her crazy. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, you can only take so many bad jokes in one day, right? <laughs> um, how are you seeing it in the home warranty business? Are you seeing a drop in orders? Um, well, okay, so overall in the home warranty business, so right out of, out of the gate, it was considered essential. And by the way, my son made a really good point to me the other day. He said they should not call it essential. They should call it government approved. Because mm -hmm. what we consider essential over here, we might not consider essential, but then something else that's essential, is it doesn't make a lot of sense. So I thought, anyway, I had just had to make that point because I thought it was, was really good. Anyway, so right out of the gate, um, home warranty was considered essential. It was never considered not essential because we make repairs on homes. And... Ah. If no time is more important to be making repairs on homes, it's when everybody is basically stuck in them for the duration. Right? Sheltered, not stuck. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Imprisoned, locked up. I don't know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But yes, yeah, spending a disproportionate amount of time at home. Um, so I, I would, um, our numbers as far as home warranties and orders probably follow, whatever we're doing follows exactly what real estate is doing. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, it just, it's exactly the same, the same curve, the same thing. Uh, if you're such percent down, then we're such percent down. If you're such percent up, we're the same percentage up as a general rule. I mean, our business can fluctuate a little bit with that because we can gain market share, for instance, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but what we did see was a big spike in the number of claims, which should come as no surprise because people are at home. And they're using everything. Look at the people that are now baking and baking and baking and baking. And a lot of those people maybe didn't even use their oven that frequently before. And now they're, they're cooks. They're using their stoves. Um, when the weather turned warmer, they're not in offices anymore where they're leaving in the day and the kids are in school. So they're at home and they realize, hey, this, this house isn't cooling down like I want it to cool. So everything, the claims have just really spiked across the board. Wow. I, and I wouldn't have thought about it. But now that you mention it, I see that. So, for example, there's during a, a hot day, we may not even use the air conditioner because you leave in the morning when you can still open a window and it's somewhat cool. Yep. You come home at night, open the window, it's still somewhat cool. 
and um so yeah yeah Yeah. i see that but now if it's three o'clock in the afternoon and you're sheltered at home yep you got to turn that ac yeah and you're you're a little hot under the collar because it's hot outside and you've got three kids at home you're trying to homeschool on zoom and you'll you know the last thing you need is an air conditioner not working or something else so are you having issues with your contractors being able to get into the homes or no um right from the start i mean everybody just said we've got to keep this entire machinery going and so, um, you know, our legal team, and I'm sure it's the same as all home warranty companies, uh, contractually had our, all of our contractors sign an agreement of wearing booties and wearing masks and wearing gloves and doing this and doing that and following a very specific protocol when they, when they go into somebody's home. But most of those uh, companies had their own protocol very quickly, too, because if they didn't have that, a homeowner wouldn't want them in their home. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, it went both ways. The contractors were maybe a little scared of going into someone's home because every, not everybody, but a good, you know, large percentage of our population, had, you know, we were fear-based there for a while, saying, well, we don't know what's going on. We thought that, you know, it was going to take California by storm like it did New York, and nobody really knew. So initially, some homeowners didn't want the contractors in the house, which well, that's a prerogative, but then they're going to be stuck with something that's broken because somebody has to go into their house, right? Mm-hmm. But that was very, very short-lived. Um, contractors just all performed, all got it together, and things have just been going just like normal. Can you do me a favor and talk to your son how he wants to change the name from essential to government control? See if he can come up with a new term for booties. I'm having a little problem <laughs> with that one. Put on your booties. I had a guy, My son is a character. He will come up with something for you, I guarantee. Please do. Yeah, I, I was showing a house to somebody, and I go, um, you're supposed to put these booties on. He looked at me, he goes, hell, I ain't taking my boots off. <laughs> that is funny. So, I guess we could call them shoe coverings or uh, foot coverings. There you go. Right. All right. Well, with that, let's ponder while we um, ponder a new name while we go to our first commercial break. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. Good good morning and welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. And with us today, we have Susan Britter of First American Home Warranty. And um, we're going to be talking about the anatomy of a home. I think we're all tired about talking about the anatomy of the coronavirus. And after all this time, I think I, I was thinking about this this morning. I think I understand it less today than I did two months ago. Two months ago, it was simple. Wash your hands stay six feet apart and you know and now there's so many theories and so many yeah it's all over the map so let's go to something more tangible uh, and that is the anatomy of a home so what would be your most common claims you you were saying there's more claims now yeah uh, with the stay-at-home orders so What's the big one now? Um, well, the big one now is the same as it's always been, and that's plumbing. We have more claims in plumbing hmm. than anything else. I'm surprised. I, I thought it would be heating and air conditioning. We have seasons where we don't use heat or air, but we always use plumbing. And we also have multiple sources of plumbing 
problems in a house, faucets and toilets and sinks and pipes, and we've got all sorts of things that can go wrong. You have an air conditioner, you have one thing, and not one thing that could go wrong with it, but you know what I'm saying? You mm. have one system that could go wrong. So plumbing is a constant, never anything, and there's also no seasons at all so, you know, to plumbing, except for the COVID season with everybody at home. So how has that affected plumbing? Well, everybody's at home. And so um, the toilets are being used uh, more often. We see uh, stoppage claims have skyrocketed stoppages. First of all, from just more people being at home using the facilities. The second thing is people being, um, let's just say, uh, heavy users of all types of wipes from antibacterial to any kind of wipe flushing them down the toilet Ooh, that can't be good and it's not good and you, and you know it, what's kind of interesting is the wipes that are they actually sell to use as toilet wipes you're technically not they say they're flushable but you ask any plumber they'll tell you do not flush them because when they go in stoppages they see all of that caught up in the pipes but probably the worst um instigator of a lot of claims was initially with the shortage of toilet paper families just people just started using paper towels instead and it's a very different consistency it breaks down it takes a lot longer to break down if you put a, a piece of toilet paper in water versus a piece of paper towel the toilet paper is going to disintegrate sooner and so there's just a lot of stoppages by everything that was just being put down toilets and continues to be put mm. down toilets now that's probably not a hard one to fix they probably just snake it out and and, and go. However, um, just getting there, I mean, that, that's going to get expensive. And then having it down for a day oh, until, yeah. until the technician can get out there has got to be bad. Yeah. All depends if it's a mainline stoppage and all the drains in the house are stopped up. And you'll know you'll have one of those because you start to see pleasant things like raw sewage coming up in your shower or your, even your kitchen sink. It's it's just a horrible, horrible thing to have happen. But more more often than not, we get just the kitchen sink is stopped up. Just this toilet over here is stopped up. Just the shower on this side of the house is stopped up. Not the entire house. Um, so that's just indicative of wherever that toilet's being flushed. There's just a backup in that area right there. You know, as a landlord, I've run across this problem a lot. And um, amazing what can go down there. I remember one time, um, you know, the, the tenant was complaining that, oh, well, these are old pipes, and uh, that's the problem. Well, the plumber went out there, pulled the toilet, snaked it out, came out with a G.I. Joe little figurine. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We've seen, oh, yeah, G.I. Joe typical. I always say Barbie dolls. Kid, little kids have a thing. They're just addicted to, 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 like, flushing the toilet and watching things go down the toilet. So anything that fits down there, they're going to give it a shot. Stuffed animals, can you imagine that? They somehow manage to make their way down in there, but they don't go that far, and then everything is backed up. Now, here's one that I learned a long time ago, and give me your comment on it. So I had some uh, an older couple, just two people living in a home for years and years, and they seemed honest as honest could be, and they never they didn't have any sewage problems or, or drain line problems. Then they sell the house, a new family moves in, and they have three teenage kids, husband and wife, and all of a sudden, there's a backup. Come to find out, and of course, they think, well, gosh, that older couple really 
Right. You know, they must have uh, known something they, they didn't tell us, yes. Right. Yeah. Turns out there were some roots in the line, mm -hmm. but it was still to where water could get through. Yeah, there's still enough capacity for just that limited usage of that couple. Sure. And all of a sudden you have five grown people running it, more laundry, more showers, with te three teenagers, probably longer showers, like, mm -hmm. you know, oh, an yeah. hour each. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, uh, and it just didn't have the capacity. Yeah. That's exactly, this, we, and we see it, how different families use their facilities are very, very different from person to person. It doesn't mean the seller didn't necessarily disclose something, although we know plenty that don't, that they, they have been told by plumbers, you've got roots in your line, you're going to have to replace your main line, but we can snake it and buy a little time. We, they come back out six months later, snake it and buy a little time, and then those folks turn around and sell the house and they don't disclose that they've had these perpetual problems and the buyer moves in, but... You know, more often than not, it's just what you're talking about. It's different usage. It's mm -hmm. just a different usage, and the capacity that worked for that couple just doesn't work for this family of five. You know, with the experiences I've had, I, I've learned to, as I'm doing my own visual inspection of the property, I look at the drain cap and see if there's wrench mark, fresh wrench marks on oh, it. Oh, how funny. Yeah, but that'll tell you if, if they've had recent issues. I mean, that's experience right there to, to even know that you should even be, you know, looking for something burned like that. Burned once, but I'm not going to be burned yeah, twice. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I just use this, this moment to say what I always like to tell people, that if they ever buy a house that's been vacant for any length of time, there's so much of a greater possibility of having roots in that line. Doesn't mean the house does have roots in the line, but literally 100% of the time when we see that there's roots in a line and I ask the, a new owner of a property, was this house vacant? 100% of the time, yes, it was vacant. So folks that are buying a vacant property, the best, most prudent thing for them to do is to hire a plumber prior to the, the property closing and have a, a, the line scoped with a camera just to see what's going on down there. Much better to be safe than sorry because the sorry could be seven, eight, nine thousand dollars in a whole new plumbing line. So let's say there are some roots in there. Does that mean the line has to be replaced? Not necessarily. I mean, there's all kinds of, there's sometimes minimal intrusion of roots and it can be snaked and you're really you're you're good but the older the property gets the bigger the trees are the bigger the roots are again if it's been vacant the roots are very aggressive very very intrusive and they will end up completely filling up the pipe and a home inspection won't necessarily find that because they're going to be running showers and sinks and running water and only water down. And there's still enough capacity in there where they're not going to see a backup in the couple hours the home inspector's there. It's when the new owners get into that property and now, are, you know, waste is going down there. Toilet paper, what, you know, the your normal things we'd see to go down plumbing and there's just not the capacity for it. And about four to five days after they move in, they're going to see this mainline stoppage where raw sewage is going to be coming up in all the drains throughout the house. Mm, okay. So, and those video scopes don't really cost that much. $250. Well, well worth it. If mm. I mean, someone who can't afford a $250 scope of a line prior to closing the property is definitely not going to be able to afford a seven or $8,000 plumbing problem after because it's important to say right here that this is not an issue that a home warranty will take care of and for the most part homeowners insurance will not take care of it either mm -hmm. and, and going back to the thing about do you need the whole thing replaced i had a client one time he, he called up he was really concerned and up 
well, no, he was really upset <laughs> because a plumber had come out and told me he needed to replace the line in 10,000 bucks. I said, let's get a second opinion. So the second guy goes there and he scopes it out and he goes, you know, the line's in really good shape, except at the very end before mm -hmm. it gets to the city lateral. Yeah. Um, he goes, there were a few roots there, but I see the trees gone now. Um, he goes, I, I'll root it out. 185 bucks. He yep. did all that. Yep. And um, he, he said, eh, not a bad idea every couple of years. Call me. Anyway, that was probably six or seven years ago. No new line. He spent the yeah. 185 bucks, and, and yeah. I, I don't know if he's done the maintenance on it. Yeah, but it shows you that it's not necessarily the end of the world. No, it's 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 definitely not. It absolutely isn't, and that's why I think second opinions. Whenever, and we do them all the time in home warranty. If something is that large that that comes back, I'll say, Nah, I think I want a second opinion on that just to make sure that there's not an alternative there. Or it's not that I doubt the diagnosis, but something that large, you want to make sure you do it. But yes, outside of home warranty, anything in a property where you get a bit of something that's how you should definitely do a second opinion. How about electrical? Is that kind of... Electrical is one of those real steady eddy things through the year. Again, there's no seasons to it, really. It's just a steady, a steady thing. Um, of course, again, people being home, the, the lights are on, TVs are going, computers are going, everybody's on a Zoom or homeschooling or something like that. Um, you know, the greater the usage of power, if the, the electrical panel is not sufficient to carry the load, that might be the first time they might have seen that they had an issue um, because of that just constant, steady use of, you know, a lot of use. Um, but electrical, we haven't really seen those claims necessarily go as high as the other things like plumbing and yeah, other types of appliance, appliance claims. Again, people are baking and cooking now. Ah, yeah, I was going to ask. So appliances are up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Amazing. Dishwashers, people cooking, putting things down, garbage disposals. We've been replacing those left and right. But yeah, appliances, so many calls, especially for ovens and stoves. I'll bet garbage disposals are something that owner error is very common. Well, can I share my own personal experience from all of three days ago? You going to blame your son? I'm No, I can't blame my son. No, it's, it's, well, I can't even tell you, but um, my kitchen sink backed up. I've never had a problem with stoppages in my sink. Out of the blue, my kitchen sink backs up. I, you know, put a bottle of Drano down it. And by the way, I learned from a plumber just this week, who knew, that Drano is really only good for hair. Hmm. It's not necessarily food clogs in kitchens. It's designed to dissolve hair, like in showers. I didn't know that because I said, I put a whole bottle of Drano down, it did nothing. He said, well... He took the, the pipe apart and he, I see your problem. I had a whole bunch of these red plastic sippy cup straws in my pipe. Wow. Like these little short that you use in little sippy cups for kids. Now, I have grandchildren, but they've been out of sippy cups now for a couple years, which means they've been down there all that. First of all, how do they get down there? How did they work their way through? I don't even know. Hey, kids like realtors are very resilient. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. They obviously probably got washed up, but I just don't know how they even got down there. But they've probably been there for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So, yes, user error, however that happened, completely my fault or someone in the house. All right. With that, we're going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio.
Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. We have Susan Britter here from First American Home Warranty. Hope you enjoy the new music. I thought we'd change it up a little bit. But the real reason I went with that, I want to give our board operator, Bobby, a little culture. Get, <laughs> I'm afraid that Don, it's the song of your people. Exactly, yeah. And it's good culture. You know, um, I didn't want Bobby to just be all about sports and think I'm just about country music. So there you go. I'll have him talk in Italian very soon. <laughs> Do you speak Italian? See, si. <laughs> and that's about the extent of it. <laughs> no, but okay. Here's the best way to say it: I may not speak Italian, but I understand Italian. Oh, interesting. My, yeah, because my mom was from Italy, yeah. and she struggled with the English language. And I remember she would tell me to do something, so I would do it literally as she said it, which I knew was wrong because she just said it wrong. So I remember her yelling at me one time, you do what I mean, not what I say. <laughs> so I I, I, I did really learn cute. how to understand Italian. That's really cute. <laughs> All right. How about going back to the anatomy of a home? What are the some key maintenance tips that we can do to avoid problems? I guess don't put sippy cup straws down your... Yeah, less, yeah, life lesson, number 350,000. Yes, I don't, like I say, I don't know how they got down there, but it's, you know, this, these types of things happen to folks. So obviously monitor what goes down in drains. Be careful what you do put down a garbage disposal. They're not meant to chop up everything. It's still important. If you have food left on a plate that you're not going to save, it's better off seriously to scrape it and put it into your garbage than it is to always put it down the garbage disposal. So that's the first thing. And I know that that sounds counter to what a garbage disposal is for, but um, there are some municipalities across the country that don't even install garbage disposals any longer. You can keep the one you have, but you can't put in a new one. And new construction is being built without them because of their situation with their sewage and sewage treatment that they want less in there. Wow. Yeah. That, interesting, that's interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. But I go back to long, long time ago, I was helping a friend build his home. And, um, you know, just doing odd work around there for him. And he did not want a garbage disposal in there. And I go, why not? I mean, it's, you know, he was building an upper level home on a, on a two acre home site. And he said, because I'm on a septic tank and I have exactly, yes, he has to be very careful what goes in there or he's going to ruin the tank. Absolutely. I hear that. And I also hear from um, investment owners that own a lot of units, uh, rental homes, property managers. I had one uh, big apartment building that I talked to a property manager about that had something 60 some odd units in it. And they went in and they removed every garbage disposal out, out of the units because they could not monitor what was going down, what their tenants were putting down garbage disposals, and they had nothing but problems of backup after backup after backup after backup. Um, because people don't really know what they're supposed to put down or not put down, but put down as little as possible. I mean, that's mm. kind of a rule of thumb there. Well, and here's something I learned, pasta and rice. Oh, rice, oh yeah, rice is a bad one. <laughs> Never, ever put rice down. It goes down a pipe and it forms this like solid blockage solid blockage yeah and i understand that when you put water in there it expands right 
and same with pasta. Exactly. Well, that's, in fact, what actually caused my problem this past week. Again, those sippy straws obviously were down there for a couple of years, in my estimation, year and a half, two years. But I myself, I mean, um, what, what we were just saying about your mother, um, don't do as I did, do as I say, <laughs> the opposite of your yeah. mom, because uh, I just said, don't put that down. Well, I did. I put some rice down there. That was it. That was the icing on the cake for that clog in there that the rice got down there and just formed this kind of, and it wasn't even that much rice. So yeah, rice is a big culprit, rice, pasta. Again, just scrape your plates off in the garbage and you'll be in good shape. Okay. How about this one? So you got an older home with two prong outlets Mm -hmm. and somebody puts an adapter in there for a three prong. Mm -hmm. Is that a wise thing to do? Well, they make the adapters for a reason. So if it was going to burn the house to the ground or something like that, they wouldn't even be made. But it's sort of just a stopgap to the eventual what's going to need to happen is that electrical is going to be need to change out bigger panel different kind of panel different kind of outlets etc cetera, etc cetera. um you know our, our older properties here in fresno are absolutely gorgeous and we love them they have so much charm so much character big beautiful trees we love them but sometimes if they haven't been updated they come with some of this antiquated electrical as long as people know what they're buying when they buy it, then absolutely go for it. But eventually, all of those outlets, they're going to need to be changed out to be able just to be able to accommodate our modern, you know, equipment, that mm-hmm. electrical equipment. Yeah. And um, I guess that would cause breakers to pop if you overload. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing where I see with some of the little older properties is they were, say if a property was built in 1948 and it still has the same electrical, okay? Hopefully it's been changed out since then, but not necessarily. It was built to the usage requirements of the day. And I mean, think about it. Back then, what did you have in 1948? Did you have these uh, I wasn't born yet, Susan. Well, I wasn't either, so I, 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 I it's, it's, I read about it. I read oh, about okay. It. Okay. <laughs> no, I wasn't born either, but, well, let's just think about what we have today. I mean, there weren't blow dryers back then. We didn't have all these coffee makers and computers and our phone chargers and televisions in every single room and all the things we use that, that require so much electrical. And so this family moves into this little older house with that, and then they wonder why the breakers just blow. Um, it's just not meant for that level of usage at all. That reminds me, I, I had uh, some kids in a fifth grade class write essays on what their home means to them. And this one kid, he he just said, basically, my home is where I can plug in and recharge my cell phone. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. He, you know, there's always one smart aleck is, in every fifth grade class. That is, that's really cute, though, that you did that. That was really cute. I bet the answers that came back were probably really touching. Oh, they were. We need to do that again. You should it, do that again, it, especially now. We need that. We need that. Yeah, yeah. And we had that on Welcome Home Radio where we read read the responses and uh uh it's pretty expensive though i had to put on a pizza party for that fifth grade class oh i see okay (laughs) (laughs) i bet it was great though ah it was so what other maintenance tips would you advise i mean obviously be careful what you put down the drain Mm -hmm. um 
with plumbing, that's that's pretty much it for for plumbing. Mm-hmm. You know, as is with everything in a house, as soon as something starts to break down, starts to falter, starts not to look very good, that's the time to take care of it. And don't wait until such deplorable disrepair that then you're you're dealing with something having to be replaced at a high cost or, or what have you. I would say um, very important in a house that heating and air conditioning be maintained. Uh, that's just so important to make sure that your unit, first of all, produces the right amount and the right temperature of air because dirty units just don't produce what they're supposed to. But it also extends the life of the units. It makes them more efficient. They don't use as much power. Um, it's very important. And maintaining them doesn't cost a lot of money. I think you could probably have an air conditioner um serviceman come out and again preseason this isn't in the, you know middle of july but come out maybe in march or april and they might charge 75 80 85 dollars to service your unit it's also you'll also find out then if you do have mechanical problems as well ahead of time as opposed to turning on the air conditioner at the last moment and now it's 108 and now your unit won't go on. So and, and highly recommend it. Yeah, and your number 73 in the queue for the, the Absol- repair. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, if you even get picked up in the queue, they get so many calls, they can't even answer the phone. They'll say, well, you know, um, you know, my sister was a perfect example. You know, she lives in the Bay Area, and they don't, they don't have the same weather that we do. But it got very, very hot last summer, and she says, I've called four different air conditioning companies, and nobody's calling me back. I said... They can't even get to your call, though, that inundated. They can't even mm. get to your call. Um, so, yeah, you don't want to put yourself in that position. That's rough. And it, for anybody who thinks it's harder to breathe out of a mask, imagine if that mask was dirty. All right? Exactly. So, and you know where I'm going with exactly. this. And the air yes. filters. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And for a $2 item. That's right. They're cheap. They're ch- you can buy them for a dollar at the dollar store, and by the way, they're they're just fine. Mm-hmm. They're 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 just fine to use. Change them out every month. If you're buying from the dollar store, it's fine. A lot of people buy very very expensive filters, the anti-allergen. Um, those are actually really rough on your units because it takes that much power to suck the air through it. Think about it, right? Yeah. Because they're they're much more fine. You know, they're capturing tinier particles. Um, so, yeah, just change out your filters. You'll be doing yourself a really, really big favor. And also, it's kind of interesting to see what's in the filter is what you're breathing in your house. Mm. And you can see what's going into your house, what kind of air is in your house. Pet hairs. Cl- cleaners your house. I mean, absolutely. If you've got pets, you're going to have pet hair everywhere. wonder if you can see coronavirus in there. <laughs> I suppose under a strong enough microscope, but I don't know. I mean, all right. Haven't heard much With of that, it. we're going to go to our commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Volare. Oh. Cantare. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio, where we're trying to give our board operator, Bobby, a little culture here. (laughs) And, you know, you might smile and laugh, but I'll bet you anything, as you're driving around town today, that song's going to be stuck in your head. Oh, it will, and mine mine as well. But, you know, when I hear that song, now I'm like, I think I need the Chico's or something. Yeah. And it's all your fault. It's completely (laughs) your fault, Don. Or Bobby's fault, one or the other. Yeah, I'd blame it on Bobby. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, he didn't. He, I did not force him, or I didn't do a government mandate and make you do that. <laughs> I just suggested it. 
It's great. It's great music. I love it. Much like wearing a mask. I only suggested it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I I told everybody in the beginning of the show that you've been in the industry just a short time. You said 40 years. I'm going to, you're going to pay for that. That's all I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Because you're not that old, granted, and certainly look younger. However, you have a lot of experience. How's that one? And so you go into the different good, offices. Good, good save there, Don. Good save. Thank you. <laughs> you see realtors working together in the spirit of cooperation. Two competing companies mm-hmm. coming together in one transaction to make two different families achieve their goals mm-hmm. and their dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been hit by a little problem in, over the years where maybe uh, a realtor has a better way to sell real estate and they do a pocket listing mm-hmm. where they say, hey, I'm only gonna tell four or five of my friends, it, it, but that's not in the best interest of the seller. Because, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Okay. So then pocket listings gets a bad name. And I say, oh, I don't, sellers are saying, I don't want a pocket listing. No, put it in the MLS. So then a new name comes out called Coming Soon. Mm-hmm. Where, but that was actually a pocket listing, right? You know, where you only tell a few people, you keep it out of the MLS. Well, May first, a new rule came in, and this was done by the National Association of Realtors, and they kind of mandated that all the local ones adhere to it. And basically, within one day of of marketing, you have to put it uh, into the multiple listing service in the spirit of cooperation because the theory is if you're going to take uh, information from the MLS, you have to give the information that you have also. Well, right, right, exactly. I mean, that's what makes the MLS work is everybody putting all of their listings into the MLS. And, you know, the thing about pocket listings, and you could see why some realtors wanted to do it, um, but what did... Why is that? Why did they want to? Well, probably they wanted to find someone themselves to find it and they could double in a transaction. There's a number of reasons. I mean, there's a number of reasons why you didn't want to say make more money, but I said it. Yeah. I mean, okay. They want, you know, obviously if you double in it, you're going to be, you're going to be making more money. But when you think about it, what determines the price that a home is going to sell for? What determines that? It's the open market that determines Mm -hmm. that, right? It's like stocks. It's, uh, it's the open market, um, multiple people bidding, that's going to tell you what the, the pro- property is only worth what somebody is willing to buy it for, right? Yeah. So how do you know what somebody's willing to buy it for unless you expose it to the open market? And you just so put it into MLS and you'll find out. Ah, there you go. And it's um, some, it, it, some realtors were taking advantage of it because one, once they did put it into the multiple listing service, that was day one on the market even though they'd had it out there for 30 days already. Um, but now with this new policy, if they wait 30 days to put it on and then they finally put it into the multiple listing service so that th- they can have it fully on the market in with good marketing, now it's going to show 30 days on the market, mm-hmm. even though it had only been in the MLS for one yeah. day. Yeah. So sellers need to be aware of that. Make sure your home is in the local multiple listing service. I saw somebody say, well, I put it in a multiple listing service up in Modesto. (laughs) 
yeah, but the home's in Fresno. Right. So right. why, you know, yeah. why would you do that? Yeah, I know. Exactly. So what are the benefits that you've seen from, from when realtors work well together versus when they don't? Oh my gosh, that's a can of worms, isn't it? Well, th- the first thing is, I mean, the goal is the same for both sides of a transaction. You want to you want to close your transaction. You want a closed real estate transaction. So your goal is the same. So why an agent would be at war with another agent when your goals are truly the same? Now, legally, of course, if you're the listing agent, your fiduciary duty is on behalf of your seller and if you're representing a buyer you know you have a duty to your buyer but the goal for all parties is the same is to close that transaction and so i've just seen over the years and it has definitely gotten better by the way from just the stories i've i've heard and the the situations that i've seen Um, you know because i'm in the home warranty industry i'll be getting questions back and forth between agents on a deal where about property conditions and you know that agent says this and da 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 and that agent says something about the other agent and you know what I do I keep everything you know very confidential because that's what I do but the number of agents that that used to be I would say at war with each other or just it's almost like it's a personal thing that I want to win as opposed to do what's in the best interest of my client I've seen a lot of that drop off and I'm thinking that COVID might have helped with that because I think the the disproportion of realtors are really, really good people working very, very, very hard and they appreciate what they do and they appreciate their opportunities. But I think there's a portion that didn't that now might say, I appreciate now when things go, we, we say when things go back to normal, whatever that's going to look like, just kind of better than being at home with all mm. this COVID. I, I think that Fewer realtors will take for granted what they do every day and just feel very grateful for the opportunities presented to them. Well, well said. And um, I, it's such a beautiful industry, really, where competing companies work together. I mean, how many? Yeah. How many plumbers work together? Yeah. You know how? It's ma- true. Yeah. So. Um, I guess they've done it before on a big job. Yeah. And maybe selling a home is a big job. Yeah. So. Well, it's important what realtors do. When you think of one one of our primary things that are important to us is shelter, right? Of course, if I ever had the term shelter in place, after this COVID thing's over, I'm going to probably scream. But uh, the most important thing to us really is shelter, food, water, right? The basics. And that's never going to go away. So here's my theory is residential real estate is going to do well even during a a potential recession Mm -hmm. Um, because the key here is shelter at home. We're back home. So, uh, yeah, yeah. We realize how important our homes are. I think we always did, but now it's certainly been impressed upon us how important our environment, our home environment is around us. That's never going to change. People are always going to have to buy and sell homes, and there needs to be realtors to do it. Okay, so I'm going to admit something now. A year ago, my wife and I moved because she wanted to. (laughs) You're such a good husband, Don. You're so good. But, you know, and I wasn't all for it. Looking, this first time I'm ever admitting this, by the way, but I'm glad we moved now. 
now that you know we have i've had to be at home so much um i'm glad we have the the bigger place the bigger yeah. yard yeah yeah and the bigger trees to look at so yeah well and you have grandkids now and that's going to be expanding right i mean as years go by it's nice to have a bigger space yeah yeah so make sure you get yourself a good home in the right home yeah I mean, and, and when you think about it, it's something that you need and you want. And also, if you hold on to it and sell and buy at the right time, is a fantastic investment. Can be. Yeah. All right. Well, Susan, I want to thank you very much for coming in today and sharing your knowledge, your experience. Although the experience is very short, right? <laughs> not very not very long. Um, so, and I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in to Welcome Home Radio. We'll be back again next week. That's one constant in this COVID era is Welcome Home Radio. Thank you. Thank you, Don.